Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Hello everybody and welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. With me as always, my co-host Alex. University of Washington actually won this weekend, Collins. Yeah, it's just a typical Saturday, right? Not for my Arizona Wildcats, but moving on. So today's conversation, Alex and I have had both um, a couple actual events happen uh, with us uh, from a business standpoint with, with certain clients of ours. And we would be remiss if we didn't bring it uh, bring it up to your all's attention to to really consider. And it doesn't matter where you're at in life. Uh, it's just something to consider and to understand so that you don't make it as, make a mistake later on. And and what I'm getting at here is beneficiary designations. We all have different investment accounts, different things in our lives, different pieces of paperwork where we're listing who we want to be the beneficiary of that. And so often we don't go back and look at what we did five years ago, let alone 20 years ago. Yeah, it's it's incredibly important to make sure that these things get updated and reviewed. You know, we recently had a client who had a, a family situation where thankfully it wasn't them, but it was you know a family member of theirs passed away and the ex was still listed as the primary beneficiary on most of their most of the financial tools that require a beneficiary. And so even though this person had gone through the the process of of you know making them an ex and like clearly they didn't want their financial assets to go to this person, they're now having a hard time dealing with the legal structures to make sure that those assets go where this person wanted them to, as opposed to, to the X. So Alex, let's, let's briefly, and I do mean briefly talk about the difference between a will and another document, say the, the beneficiary you've listed on your 401k. Let's utilize that as the example. Um, so essentially the will, you can state on your will that you want Billy Bob to get the money in your 401k if something happens to you prematurely, you die prematurely. However, if Sally Joe is the one that's listed on your 401k beneficiary form, Sally Joe is getting the money. 100% correct, Ryan. The only way that, in your example, Billy Joe would get the dollars. Oh, uh, it's Billy Bob. Billy Bob, my, my bad, uh, would be if the person's estate was listed as the beneficiary because then it would go by whatever the will says. Otherwise it's going to go directly to that beneficiary. Any, any financial tool that has a stated beneficiary, it is going to transfer by operation of contract, not by operation of law. So let, let's talk about real briefly, these contracts that we're talking about here. The big one that I just mentioned was 401k. A lot of people, you know, especially tech professionals, they've got a 401k through their company and they list typically 
on their signing up for the 401k, they're a beneficiary, although sometimes they don't. So one, list a beneficiary. And then two, keep it up to date. As you're going through life and things change, like, I don't know, marriage and other stuff that could occur, like a divorce as well, you might want to list that person you want on the 401k. So 401k is one of them. What's another type of account that typically lists? Life insurance is the other big one. Um, I've Half a dozen times in my career, I've come across uh, an existing life insurance contract where we've taken a look at, at all of the details of it and found that the ex-spouse, sometimes you know, 5, 10, 15 years removed, is still listed as the beneficiary. And that's one of the first things that we c- correct is making sure that the proper spouse is listed as the beneficiary. Because again, if we wanted the dollars to go to Billy Bob and Sally Joe is listed with a very few exceptions, those dollars are going to Sally Joe. So there's the, the aspect of the financial aspect. And, and then there's just, there's also other documents um, that, maybe people don't necessarily forget to list someone on because they just haven't done the document. And the document that really has come to my mind is the power of attorney. Um, there's a health directive document as well, but from a power of attorney, you know, the, the example that I often give is imagine, and it doesn't matter your age, right? Even if you're just out of college and you're starting with the company, if something happens to you, you know, and you don't even have to pass away. Let's just say you're incapacitated for a certain period of time. There's got to be a document that allows the person that you want to be handling your financial decisions to allow them to actually access that financial institution. Yeah, you don't want to have to have a parent or a friend or or spouse, you know, go before a judge to create an emergency power of attorney. A, that's going to be costly. B, it's going to be time-consuming at a time when time is of the essence and it's just it's an unnecessary step it's important to make sure that these things get done and done properly ahead of time so i mean just put yourself you know, a lot of times the parents will be that person that they want oftentimes so put yourself in your parents shoes for a second you can't you can't make financial decisions or something's happening where you can't make that decision and now your parents are not only having to maybe take care of you but also having to worry about finances for you. It's just a double whammy to your parents. Just get a power of attorney signed. Let make sure your parents are aware of it, know where it's at. That just solves it so much easier for your parents. And even if you're married, the same thing still applies, right? You still want to have someone to get, to get access. If you and your spouse are both incapacitated, what then? Yeah, and that, that's one of the reasons why we recommend when you're talking to your attorney. Uh, to be clear, Ryan and I are not attorneys. We don't provide legal advice. Our job is to identify you've got these issues and then help make sure that you're talking to a qualified professional. Make sure that you go two or three deep in terms of who's listed on each one of these things. The reason being is that, you know, heaven forbid that person passed away or the person that doesn't want to be in charge of something that they, you know, disclaim the the right to to be the power of attorney or to be the the executor of your will. Yeah, you need to make sure you've got multiple people that you want to go to. And the big one here, it, it, 
The big one that we see often is the divorce one. People get divorced and they and they don't look at their documents to make sure that they're changed. And then the other aspect of that is, even for myself, I have two kids, right? And you know, financial decisions might need to be made. Whoever I've listed as the guardian of my children or the trustee or executor, that person might change if that person I listed was married, which oftentimes the guardian of your children, you're putting them with another family that's married. If they get divorced, do you want them still being the guardian of your children? Heck, it might not even be divorced. Let's say one of them passes away. You know, now you might be creating a hardship for that person by, hey, we know you lost your spouse. Hey, here's some extra kids. <laughs> oh my God, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and and so it's just to Alex's point, make sure you've got two or three people listed on on your will, on beneficiary, you know, contingent beneficiary rather than primary. So the difference is primary is, that's person A, if, if something happens, that person gets the money, if you want, in the, in the 401k aspect. Contention is, okay, the primary is no longer with us, so the contingent gets it. Yeah, and there's there's ways to go ahead and handle making sure that, you know, it gets split up appropriately depending upon what you want to have happen. Uh, so, for example, if you've got uh, a pair of kids and you, you know, want the money to get divided up evenly between your kids' kids or your grandkids, then like there's ways to go ahead and make sure that uh, that those shares are preserved and that they go to the right people. In the end, the, the point that we're trying to get across here is check your documentation, make sure that you've got everything lined up the way that you want, specifically as you have the events, right? That's the prime time to actually do it because it's on your mind. And so hopefully you bring it up to your advisor and say, hey, advisor, I just got married. You know, hopefully the advisor will bring up, okay, let's look at your documentation, make sure that's lined up. Who you want to be the beneficiary, has that changed? Right. Now we're, we're talking about this from a, a largely negative standpoint of making sure that the beneficiaries are kept up to date. We also want to talk about it from a positive standpoint. If you go and, and sit down and do a bunch of work with an estate planning attorney, um, and you're, you're also working with uh, an insurance advisor and a financial advisor, you need to make sure that the work that you do is coordinated because it might be something where, you know, some of the work winds up being invalidated because the beneficiaries don't get changed properly. You don't wind up setting it up in such a way where it flows and it works together. Um, the, your advisors may have the best of interest in terms of trying to serve you and without knowing what the other hand is doing, they can wind up fighting each other inadvertently. We've said it probably twice now, at least on the podcast. We say it all the time, but podcast-wise, we've probably said it at least twice, but here's the third time. The professionals in your life that are, hand, that are helping you financially, and these could be your attorneys, these could be you know your property and casualty agents, financial advisors, life insurance agent, make sure they're all working together and not attacking your financial situation attacking is a strong term, but not helping you with your finances in silo decisions, make sure they're all coordinated to, to Alex's point. Yeah. Completely agree there, Ryan. So this is a quick podcast, but we wanted to make sure that we got this information out there because it, it is important and it's something that you can handle 
actually relatively relatively easily. I mean, oftentimes you just log in your 401k, boom, boom, the beneficiaries change in that specific instance, at least. Yeah. Start with the end in mind. Make sure that you're talking to your advisors. Make sure that the advisors are aware of each other and that you're coordinating things as you, you put stuff in place. Awesome. Well, as normal, we hope you have a good rest of your day and cheers. podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only on coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers in the firm are not affiliated with or endorsed by Parkhaven Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated by the Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-85537. Expiration 09-2021.